Hello, everyone. This is Damon Baker of the Lehman Krellin Podcast. This series is entitled Meet the Team. So what I want to do in this series is just take a few minutes to get an insight into what some of the current Lehman Krellin staff have done but before they came on board. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the next Meet the Team. Today, I'm with Emily Wright. Hi, Emily. Hi, everyone. And so what we're going to do, you know, the format, we're going to do a whistle-stop tour of Emily's career thus far. And we're going to start with, where'd you go to uni? So I went to uni, I did two degrees. My undergraduate was at the University of Leeds, and then I did my master's at the London School of Economics. Got it. And what were the subjects that you studied? I was a geek all the way through. I started out with philosophy and philosophy of science, joint honours undergraduate, and then I specialised in the philosophy of science for my master's. And now you work in financial markets. How did that happen? <laughs> well, I, I think we all thank the Milk Round for translating good academic subjects mm. at Red Brick Universities into career paths and and good on the job training that comes with that. So I didn't set out to be a philosopher learning to get into compliance in financial services. That creativity didn't come until a lot later. Oh, I got it. So what was your first job? So my milk round offer was to go and work for Anderson, which ages me a little bit. But obviously between the offer at the end of milk round and then starting the graduate program, they went through a process of ceasing to be following the Enron investigation, which I think might actually be my first introduction to a regulatory inquiry and a bankruptcy, mm -hmm. which is a theme I have in my career. So I decided rather than taking a milk round position and going back through the milk round process to work with a recruitment firm who had said to me, come along for a year, you'll learn about a lot of jobs. And I ended up actually headhunting for five years at the beginning of my career and not going into a graduate program. And then from there went to work for, it was a financial services focused five years. I spent a lot of time with both sell side and buy side firms, learned my way around the city and then went to work for Lehman Brothers who had been a client and who I'd recruited for across the equity and equity research teams. And I joined their HR department. Right. That was where I stepped into banking as a sort of an employee in banking away from just covering financial services. And was that in London? Yeah. So that was Lehman Brothers in London. And you, you see the reoccurring theme of yeah. bankruptcies because <laughs> I was still at Lehman Brothers when in 2008 they filed for Chapter 11. So, but my role there was, was really fascinating. It was a great bridging role to go from what had been, I suppose, a very sales-focused role and talking to people about financial services to being in financial services and understanding how a bank works from the inside. And it was great. It was probably one of my favourite institutions I've ever worked in. It was collaborative. It was really dynamic. There was huge opportunity and there was really great people worked there. I moved into a hybrid role where I worked with some of the senior recruitment team to help increase the number of female MDs. So we were out of kilter with industry uh, at the time. And so the bank had a really strong initiative, but also to sit in the diversity and inclusion team and work across the board to kind of professionalize the way that the EMEA side of the team and APAC were doing diversity and inclusion, reporting it, representing it, building employee networks, and a whole lot of other aspects to that. The, the US program was very developed. And so they were building up on the EMEA APAC side. So that took me to 2008. What was next for you? The former head of HR at Lehman Brothers, 
who had been sort of my boss's boss, moved to what is now called New Edge. At the time, it was a FEMAC Calion merger that was planned and to become New Edge. And she stepped in as the global head of HR and communications and put a call into me straight away. So as I was sitting there for the, the last couple of weeks as a technically a PwC employee, mm-hmm. helping them with the wind down, I got this call to say, come and do a broader HR role. And it was really to be her chief of staff through that merger and acquisition process, which I did for four years. For French organizations, HR is the access point for regulators. And so there is a regulatory contact and I became the regulatory contact for our French regulators to bring them into the firm. And so that meant that my connectivity with compliance was not only initiated, and I started to work with them on how they communicated with regulators, what employee data was given over. We also ran the investigations with them. So HR owned all of the investigations, even if there was compliance risk. And I set up the online training program, which at the time was 100% dominated by compliance training. There was almost no other online training that was deployed other than compliance. So that was my segue into compliance. And it was probably one of the more interesting things that happened over the latter two years of my four years there. So after New Edge and you now having experience with regulators, what was next? So from there, my New Edge days included a pregnancy and a maternity leave and becoming a mum and a whole lot of other changes that happen outside of work in terms of what you want from your career and, and what that looks like. My new edge role had had me in New York for one week a month for mm. probably half of the time I was there. So my biggest team were actually sitting in New York. So I traveled a lot and certainly didn't want to go back to doing that, having had a maternity leave and having a little bub at home. It's a long way from London to New York when you're, uh, you've are you got somebody very little at home. So having rethought that, one of the things that I really wanted to do was to get closer to family in the Antipodes. You can hear from my accent that I've got family <laughs> in Australia. And so I was looking at roles in Asia, but a former Lehman colleague, and it's a, you can sort of again see the theme of worked for a Lehman person for four years at New Edge and then went to actually work for another Lehman person at ICAP. So what that meant is I joined a very experienced, mature compliance team headquartered in London. They set everything up in London and built out their EMEA program and were looking for somebody to build out what they had, but across the region. Yeah, so that was really the beginning, I would say, of my full move into surveillance. Surveillance occupied probably 70% of my time in that role at ICAP, and the rest of it really related to broader core compliance, so regulatory engagement policies. Like I say, the RCSAs and operational risk piece came, came into it as well. From there, I moved to JP Morgan and became the lead, the regional lead for surveillance, and that was a much broader business remit for me. So it was still trade surveillance, communication surveillance, and ownership of the team. Again, it was 17 jurisdictions, so a very similar jurisdiction footprint. But what it did include was a markets business, an investment banking business, and a private and wealth management business. So the surveillance program moved across all of the MAR risk, but it included information barrier risk because you obviously had MNPI in the business and then also picked up all of the suitability program as well. So we were surveilling for suitability risk across private and wealth management. So after JP Morgan, where'd you go then? So I became group head of surveillance at Standard Chartered Bank. I relocated to Singapore for that role and ran the full group program. So that included coverage, obviously, markets, the investment banking, so information barrier risk, 
again, private and wealth management. So we had a suitability program and we were also doing some work around the controls on the retail bank. So the the full business coverage across trade, e-communications and voice communication surveillance strategies. Got it. And is that the type of work you're doing now with Lehman Krillin? Yes, it is. So I, in my time, covered 63 different jurisdictions doing various surveillance programs in all of the languages and pain that comes with all of those. And so that's really where I'm working with Lehman Krellen to support people on anything from a surveillance health check to um, understanding what their risks are and how to convert that into a strategy that takes the data you've got and looks at how that might be a human behavior that you're, what you want to detect. I'm I'm now trying to kind of like square the circle and take your experience, taking your background as a philosopher, (laughs) (laughs) figuring out how you, and the thing is, is you don't know really what skills you learned, you know, 20 years ago that you're using nowadays, but is there one particular skill that you would say, hey, this is the one to hone? So let's say, let's imagine you're, you're giving advice to a young person starting off in, in their career. What's the one? And just pick one for me, please, that they should focus on developing. That's such a big question because there's so many good skills to develop. But I, I do think that what I learned at university and what I have hired many people who I've seen deploy this really well is that ability to think critically. So to take information, to read something, to take content and to be able to analyze it and critique it and understand it. And then quite often come up with a better or different or challenging way. But that that's where that critical thinking comes in. I could also add three other skills to that list. <laughs> well, look, I think that understanding how technology can be deployed to its best efforts. Some of the most talented people in my teams, and it's changed over the last 20 years, obviously. In fact, it's changed over the last two months, I think. But people who understand technology at the forefront, but don't necessarily operate as technologists, have always added so much value in any area I've worked in in a bank. So I think that that's hugely valuable. And I think the thing that's always underestimated, but I may be hard, is understanding humans and how they operate and how you can relate to them and modify their behavior. Because a lot of our risk and compliance agenda does come back to behavior modification and understanding human behaviors and motives for them. So they're kind of my big three, I guess. Yeah, I want to touch on the technology piece because there's also speed of adoption. I think that's a real big one there. You know, the the rate of tech change, especially in our industry, it's blistering, right? It's so fast. Oh, yeah. And if you don't learn how to use these new tools quickly, you're not only going to be left behind, but I think specifically in a surveillance context, you're going to be missing potentially some bad behavior. Oh, yeah. I think you don't have time anymore to become a technology specialist when something new happens and to get up that curve and learn how to deploy something. You have to always be right there, ready to pick up the next tool and learn it as it's coming out because things change so quickly. So yeah, I do think that's a really valuable, strong base for somebody to develop. So Emily, how would you describe yourself now? How would you describe what you're doing for Lehman Krellin? So I'm doing work with Lehman Krellin to consult with clients to help them optimize their surveillance programs to better understand surveillance requirements and to make the best of vendor technologies, but also working broadly across the compliance, regulatory compliance space to optimize processes and to help manage risks for clients. I have a little passion that we mentioned earlier for diversity and inclusion, and I also work with clients in that space. 
Wise words from Emily Wright. Thanks again, Emily, for your time. And thanks to everyone for listening. I'm your host, Damon Baker. Please tune in next time to the Lehman Krellin Podcast. And if you could, can you please drop in a five-star review? It would really help us out. Finally, don't forget to check out the website for more content at lehmancrellin.co.uk. In the meantime, thank you again and goodbye.